0: It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Thursday morning at Wax as we get closer to the end of September. And uh, the nice week of weather does continue. Lots of wheels are turning out there, so do it safely as uh, a lot of corn silage is coming off and other activities, potatoes being picked and all kinds of things here at the end of the season. So, again, do it safely. Good morning, Bob and Joe with you here on Wax at the Shank of the Day. 34 degrees around Eau Claire. Tomahawk looks like one of the cooler spots, 28 this morning. We'll get up to the mid-60s today, another partly sunny day, and we'll check in with uh, Mike Dandry to have him tell us officially that it'll be another nice day. No fog this morning on the way in, or did you have any fog? Nope, no fog. Clear sailing. All right, so the you could see all the animals running across the road? <laughs> I could see all the animals. <laughs> Skunks, deer, coons? Uh, mostly coon and a few cats. All right, well, hopefully they're getting across and getting their work done, too. But again, weather, it's going to be nice high school football. It looks like this weekend, you don't take your rain ponchos along, so that's going to be good. We're going to hear about... Irish sheep, the Ireland sheep industry. Our Pam Yonke was just over there on a farm tour. And we're going next summer. If you've never been to Ireland, Northern Ireland, boy, oh, boy, check with Holiday Vacations because we'll be taking a tour to Ireland next summer, about the end of July, first part of August. So I don't have the exact dates. I think they've got them over at Holiday Vacation. So check with them. It's a beautiful place, 40 Shades of Green, and we'll see a lot of it. Out into the country and uh, we'll be in, you know, Dublin, different places and out on the farms and things like that. Well, today we've got uh, a little more on Foremost Farms as far as they close the plants at Milan and Plover. They are going to be closing those plants. And we uh, checked on a few other things and pay price going to be affected. We also... uh, trying to find out from other co-ops if uh, their pay price to their patrons also going to be affected uh, with the uh, high class three prices and what's going on right to repair do you ever uh, your brothers or dad ever talked about that on the farm down there right to repair equipment
1: not so much I mean we did a lot of maintenance and stuff yeah. but uh,
0: on the older machines
1: on the older machines the new machines have to go into the shop because yeah. that gets a little bit beyond but
0: And the right-to-repair issue is uh, definitely something that's uh, getting more traction. It has not been resolved yet. Farmers say it's getting too expensive to have a technician come out and see what's wrong, go back, get a part, come back, put it on. And, of course, the equipment manufacturers say, well, if they tamper with those things, the environmental uh pieces on there and other things. that, uh, So it's a, it's an argument that they're having. Compare Financial is going to get a new leader as of the first of the year. We'll talk about that. we got a lot going on this morning, including a pretty nice weather forecast. I think you're going to like it, at least if uh, you're out trying to chop more corn silage. Agriculture.
2: It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Partly sunny today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, maybe Tuesday, a chance of some showers moving in. Otherwise, good good weather to get things done outside, whether you're playing ball, harvesting corn, whatever, fishing. I don't know what the status is of the fishing season. You're a fisherman. Are we still fishing?
1: I'm not fishing.
0: But other people aren't. They're Probably. It's still in season, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> until well you know until you have to chop open the hole to get your boat in well, I think I know it, but, but the, then you go drill your own holes i don't but there fish. but
0: no but there are other you know the walleye season the panfish season and like i said i'm not a fisherman so i i don't know the seasons but uh, again i i know when people share it it's awfully good stuff that's for sure so whatever you're doing outside. Don't slow down because we've got good weather for it. 63 today, 68 tomorrow, 70 on Saturday, 68, 69 on Sunday and Monday. And again, Tuesday, maybe a chance of showers, 65, 34 degrees right now here in the Chippewa Valley. As we said, look like cool spots up around Tomahawk. There are 28, few folks at 29. Hey, it's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM. W-A-X-X Claire,
3: How about some news? NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. Hurricane Ian is setting off major flooding as it moves across Florida toward the Atlantic Ocean. At 2 a.m. Eastern time, the National Hurricane Center downgraded Ian to a Category 1 storm with maximum sustained winds of 75 miles an hour.
4: My sense is I think it's going to be one of the biggest flood events uh, we've ever had. What remains to be seen is just how much damage the wind did. Obviously, it's very significant.
3: Speaking to Fox News, Governor Ron DeSantis said there has been record storm surge in some areas. Thousands of flights are being canceled because of Hurricane Ian. Over 2,100 flights were canceled Wednesday. FlightAware says nearly 2,000 U.S. flights have been canceled for Thursday. Tampa International Airport says it expects to be closed through Thursday. Orlando International Airport expects to reopen Friday. The Taliban has signed a deal to get gas and wheat from Russia. Afghanistan officials say the preliminary deal includes the annual purchase of a million tons of petroleum, a million tons of diesel, half a million tons of cooking gas, and two million tons of wheat. Officials said the imports would start soon and run for a trial period. Russia's economy has been hit hard by Western sanctions since the invasion of Ukraine. The NFL is putting a plan together in case Raymond James Stadium isn't ready to host Sunday night football this weekend. The league announced Wednesday that the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis if Hurricane Ian prevents the teams from playing in Tampa. You're listening to NBC News Radio.
2: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Almost five minutes after five o'clock. Weather today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, partly sunny. Mostly upper 60s, Saturday 70s, it looks like low 70s. Then Tuesday, uh, partly sunny day, partly cloudy day and a chance of some showers. And uh, that's the first chance of uh, rain in this forecast, not until this coming Tuesday, Cool spot, Tomahawk this morning. Medford's at 33, Rice Lake 36, Wausau 35, Marshville also at 36. Lacrosse at 40, Green Bay 35 this morning. Madison Sun Prairie, a very cool 37. And Milwaukee's at 43, again, here in the Chippewa Valley, Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. 34 degrees, we're on our way to 63 today. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual
3: Insurance.
2: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest
0: Farm Report. And on this Thursday morning, let's look at the numbers. Courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance, Joe the Livestock Trade.
1: Choice-fed beef steers are 138 to 159, with mixed at 90 to 137. Choice-fed beef heifers are 136 to 155, with mixed at 80 to 135. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 132 to 139, with select and silage-fed steers 85 to 130. Cows are sixty three to one hundred ten with bulls at seventy to one hundred seven. Butcher hogs are seventy-five to eighty-nine with cells at fifty-three to fifty-eight. Boars are twenty-two to twenty-five. Shorn market lambs are a dollar to fifteen. Unshorn market lambs are ninety-five to one hundred five. Feeder lambs are fifty to two dollars. Ewes are seventy-five to one oh five. Small goats are ten to one hundred and thirty-five dollars. Medium goats are one hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars. With large goats at 145 to $500, and nanny goats are 20 to $245.
0: And taking a look at the livestock futures, uh, not been a good week. Another down day yesterday for uh, cattle hogs. Let's take a look. October live cattle 143.05 down 52. December at 146.27 down 62. February live cattle 150.17. That was down 67. And April down 65 at 153.87. Feeder cattle were also lower. October Finished at $175 even. That's down a dollar twelve. November was down a dollar at one hundred seventy five twenty seven. January down eighty-five at one hundred seventy-five ninety-five. March also down eighty-five cents at one hundred seventy-eight twenty-seven. The only up market yesterday, October Lean Hog, Carcass Contracts, 8937 at the close, up sixty-seven. December hog 7582 down forty-two. February 7947 down 87. And April at 8522 22 Down a dollar thirty seven on the board of trade. The uh, market slightly higher yesterday as uh, outside markets weren't uh, nearly as nervous for the traders. Interest rates coming under control as far as what's going to happen with those around the world. Also, the strength of the dollar fell a little bit yesterday. So prices were higher and overnight December corn was up another penny at six seventy one. The oats up four three eighty two December wheat. Was down four back under nine dollars eight ninety nine. November soybeans up a fraction at fourteen oh nine and soybean meal down forty cents a ton for December at four hundred twelve dollars and thirty cents. Barrel cheese up three cents at two hundred twenty, the blocks down a cent and three quarters, a dollar ninety nine a pound butter up another cent three hundred sixteen and a half. Class three futures were higher yesterday. September nineteen eighty nine up another penny. October of fifty six now at twenty one eighty five. November up forty two at twenty ninety two. December of forty five at twenty seventy four and January class three up twenty seven at twenty fifty as prices were higher out through August of twenty twenty three. 10 minutes after 5 o'clock, 34 degrees right now, 63, partly sunny, another beautiful day.
2: For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Well, let's find out some of our farm news this morning, a little more on the Foremost Farm situation. Joe, get us caught up with what we know.
1: The employees of the two Foremost Farms dairy cooperative production plants in Milan and Plover are going to be shattered by the end of the year aren't they're going to
0: be shattered they're going to be shuttered
1: shuttered (laughs) whoops (laughs) by the end of the year aren't the only ones involved with the co-op that got some bad news recently the dairy farmers patrons also got some bad news in a recent letter from the co-op's headquarters in baraboo that letter said that because of record high labor costs at their production plants higher costs for raw materials to convert milk into finished dairy products And the significant difference between the Class three milk price and the revenue generated from the sale of those products, an adjustment to the producer pay price is coming. As of the September milk checks, there will be a market adjustment, which means 90 cents per hundred rate will be subtracted from member milk payments for the rest of the year. Foremost Farms has about 5,300 dairy farm members in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois. And
0: they've been up front with us. This was a news release they had on their website, so it's uh, free and open for anybody to see. It's just uh, what's going on. We've uh, tried to check uh, some of the other dairy co-ops and haven't been able to find any kind of news release talking about any such thing, but uh, we'll keep checking. But as of now, that's what's going on. With Foremost, and we also talked about that right to repair issue.
1: We did, and it seems like it's all about money lately. The right to repair issue still has not been resolved. The latest chapter in the ongoing situation is whether Congress should limit the restriction manufacturers have put in place regarding who can work on software, parts, and tools. Farmers want rules that would let them, a third-party mechanic, Or other qualified people make repairs on their equipment. But the Equipment Dealers Association says giving untrained people access to internal software on the equipment would let them change emissions and safety controls on tractors and other equipment. Another group representing farmers says the farmers just want to be able to get the parts and make their own repairs. They're not trying to change safety and environmental systems on their machines. They also say the added costs of not being able to work on their own equipment are, is getting way too expensive. The issue is now being debated on a U.S. Senate subcommittee.
0: And how long that might take to get any action, one way or another, remains to be seen. We have a guest in the studio. We'll talk a little 4-H next with Heidi from Chippewa County. And in the studio with us this morning, Heidi Benson, who is the uh, Chippewa County Youth Development Agent and uh, getting close to big times for 4-H.
6: Yeah, good morning, Bob. We are National 4-H Week is upon us next week. So So we
0: got some things planned to celebrate in Chippewa County?
6: Yeah, um, so National 4-H Week's marks the start of the new 4-H year, October 1st. Um, So it's the first full week after October 1st. And typically our clubs and groups get to celebrate by really promoting 4-H and what 4-H um, means to the communities that we live in and work in and um, that we also serve as well. So um, the windows and lawn displays are really the way that our 4-Hers get to celebrate that week, um, along with encouraging them to wear their 4-H green all week. Um, because, again, that's that's really how we promote the organization that we work in is, is or that we Um, belong to is that we wear our 4-H gear and answer questions and talk about the organization that we love
0: now by the 4-H year you you know as your kid you're just belong to 4-H forever you don't as a kid you don't pay any attention to whether it's 4-H week or not the only thing you care about is when is the fair but is this a time for getting memberships in or club rosters what what's um, it's Forge.
6: kind of it's kind of both. Um, so really it's the wrap-up and the culmination for a lot of clubs of the previous 4-H year. So a lot of clubs are having their club banquets this weekend. Um, I know I'm invited out to Edson Hilltop and Stanley Boyd for mm-hmm. their club banquet. So they'll be recognizing the achievements of their 4-Hers for the past year for um, anywhere from project work to making sure that they got that record book done. Um, and so really it's that... that end of the year celebration and then the mark of the beginning of the new year so how we recruit new members to 4-H and how we connect them with their local clubs and groups so that they feel like they belong within the organization
0: what's the challenge right now finding leaders finding interested kids getting support from the county or state extension what are your challenges in 4-H oh
6: you know Bob I think um, you know, as you know, 4-H is 120 years old. It started in 1902. Um, the biggest challenge sometimes is that really over those 120 years, that 4-H, you know, it has embraced change, right? Yeah. Um And change is easier for youth than it is adults. And so um, yesterday I actually had my first classroom club meeting up at New Auburn. Um, Mrs. Gotham and Miss Baker up there are allowing me to come in to their second grade classroom for the school year uh, twice a month, and so using the classroom as a space to form a club. Um, so one of our challenges is is that is really that um, the role of adults has changed in our society, right? Not every parent stays at you know not every parent's farming anymore, or not every parent, not every family has a adult who's home with with the children. Um, you know, grand and grandpa's are caretakers, aunts, uncles. Um, so we have parent is a, is a loose term in, in most youth, in the youth world, right? Parent, guardian. Um, and so it's how can we bring 4-H to people knowing that their parent or guardian may not be able to, to get them to some of the things that we offer. So Mrs. Gotham and Miss Baker are really excited to have 4-H in the classroom. So we're doing classroom club. Yesterday, they picked out their club name, which was hilarious, because one of the suggestions was Mrs. Ducky, (laughs) and uh, literally, it was second place uh, to the the Trojan Clovers 4-H Club. Oh, great.
0: Good for them. All right, so some neat things. We're going to talk more about that with Heidi, about uh, getting 4-H Clubs, because it's not just... Out in the country, you got uh, school clubs like she's talking about, city organizations, uh, city groups can uh, put a 4 H club together. We'll talk more about that as we go along, as we get ready for National 4 H Week. And next week around the country, started, what did you say, 1902?
6: 1902, Bob, yeah.
0: Wow, man, I remember, I think I signed up in 1903, but uh, other than that, it's going well. 4 H. Great organization, and it's fun to watch the kids get excited about their project. Coming up, we're going to find out about Ireland's sheep industry right here on Wax.
2: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: If you've got a woolen sweater made from Irish wool, you've got some good stuff because uh, Ireland has a lot of sheep, and it's an interesting way that they take care of sheep. And uh, Bob Boswell here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. I've had a chance to uh, see it, but it's been a while. Pam, you got an up-close look recently at how the sheep industry works in Ireland.
7: Yeah, we were really fortunate, Bob. The weather cooperated with us on basically all of our stops for our Scotland-Northern Ireland farm tour. And one of those stops focused in on the always critical sheep and lamb industry that Northern Ireland depends on. Fabulous farm Bay, Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest Barnum Madison, had a chance to visit with Jamesy McCloy. He is a fourth generation shepherd in Northern Ireland that runs Glen Shane Country Farms. Now, this young man started off doing sheep shearing while his uh, father ran the lambs and the acreage, but he's transitioned from doing not only shearing, also now running his own flock, and it Really fluctuates, dependent on the available acreage. I talked about the farm with Jamesy and asked him to give me a few more details on its history
8: and where he wants to take it in the future. Well, I was um, I'm fourth generation to farm here, so um, as far as I can remember back, my grandfather was here, my father farmed here at a very young age. Um, my father saw that I was really keen to be farming. Mm-hmm. He would have farmed part time, as my grandfather did, because the size of our farm it was very difficult to make a full time wage that would you know run a full mm-hmm. family basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was saw how keen I was to farm. And he basically passed it over to me when I was about 19, nineteen, twenty, and any time he's I need him, he's always there to help. But he let give me the run of it, and I suppose it encouraged me to really push on and try and develop the farm as best I could.
7: Yeah. How big is the farm?
8: Our farm's actually not that big. Uh, we would run approximately, uh, in total, up on 40 acres, and then any other land after that, we, we rent. And then that number varies depending on the amount of stock we have, and the amount of stock we have varies on how much land we have access to. So sometimes we've we've had land this, this good few years, which is great, but some other farms have come into um uh, or suppose, farming circle for a short time and maybe has left again because someone else has maybe wanted to, sure. to do their own thing with it and then we yeah. maybe got it back again.
7: Right, right. Why does this seem to be, why does sheep seem to be ideal around here?
8: We're fairly high up here. Um, anything from 600 uh, feet up to 1,000 feet would be our area of farming. Um, I don't farm at the highest level of that, but where we're at, we generally find cattle it's a very short season by the time the ground dries up and we get the cattle out onto the ground uh we have a bit of a summer and before you know where you're at it's mm-hmm. it's closing in again and a lot of farmers i suppose has found that and have moved across into the sheep because they're more versatile what the land we're actually using yep. um you've also a lot of farmers that are on the same level of land that we're at and have invested in cattle housing which which Sorts that problem fairly well, but again, it's extra investment, it's extra cost. Yeah, right.
7: Tell me about your neighbours. You're a relatively young man that's still sticking to trying to make uh, this farm the viable income source for your family.
8: Yeah, well, I have found, um, particularly as a contract shear for over 20 years. The like guy started shearing when I was, um, I suppose, 18, 19, and all through them years, I would have found at the very, very early years, the farmers were generally a lot older than than what I was, and some of their sons were taking it on, and some of them weren't. When I was stopping my year and to sort of switch over to my tourism business, I found at that stage uh, a lot of the a lot of the older farmers were still farming, and the younger farmers weren't coming in. Mm. They were stopping, and they ju- the they just the return just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Certain regulations was just creating other complexity to the to the overall investment and and survival and sustainability off the farm. And at the end of the day, yes, we want to keep the farm. We want to be farming. And so many of them people want to be doing that, but it's just not putting food on the table. Right. So majority of farmers you'll find, especially smaller holders, small holders throughout Ireland, is part time.
7: Well, and that's what, people seem to want to prefer, especially across the UK. Tell me a little bit on what you're sensing, Jamesy, trying to go forward. Now, we'll get to your ag tourism angle in a little bit. But as a young man that's trying to figure out how you might be able to pass this on to your family, what do you see developing that worries you the most? Is it policy? Is it regulation? Is it changes in weather? Is it uh,
8: the world marketplace? There's certain regulations and there's certain criteria that we have to f- abide by and I understand that and a, a lot of it is, is good and needs to be there some of it is putting more pressure on the farms and that seems to be going to impact even more with, with talking about um, stocking rates and, and mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things that's coming down the line that I think is going to put a lot more pressure on. The main pressures and again a lot of the time as it comes back to, to the financial side mm-hmm. whereas years gone by uh, like when I started farming, a ton of fertilizer mm. would have been approximately oh. like 120 pounds sterling. Uh, now, four or five years ago, that was up to three fifty, three sixty. Yeah. Now it's sitting at like seven eight hundred, yeah. nine hundred pounds. Oh, yeah. It's there's just nowhere to turn when mm-hmm. you start getting into that type of uh, mm-hmm. that type of variable costs, um, and also a red diesel has got more expensive, machinery's mm-hmm. got more expensive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you turn your hand to at the moment; the prices have went up, and that's the biggest that's actually outweighing I feel the chances of profitability and the chances of farmers following forward more so than the regulations mm-hmm. although the regulations they are talking about if they follow through is going to affect a lot of uh, heavily stocked cattle farmers more so than than us as sheep farmers mm-hmm. now let's talk about how you've decided to try to circumvent some of that
7: uncertainty with the egg tourism when did when did you start welcoming visitors to the farm
8: it actually happened accidentally. Um, very very quick story. We started a self-catering accommodation in 2018. Um, it was a family home that that I had purchased, mm-hmm. and I was trying to think. You know what? What I don't mm-hmm. really want to rent it. What can I do? And the tourism thing? Can I come around? I thought. You know what? That that would work for me. And the very first, no, sorry, the second family that we had coming to stay with us was a family from Pennsylvania, and like anybody that comes around our house. You know, you want to welcome them, and I want to make reassure them. If you need me, I'm on the phone. Give me a call. If there's any problems, give me a call. And just before I left, they happened to say to me, "How long will it take you driving home?" And I said, "I'm going to step through that hedge over there. That's how I'm going to get home." (laughs) So uh, very quickly, it was like, "Is this your? Is this where you live? Is this your farm?" And that's where the story the story followed on that they wanted to see the sheep, and I brought the sheep up with them with the dog, and that's the light bulb moment where I thought, "You know, there's something more here."
7: Right. Well, and you do. I mean, aside from a beautiful setting. You also have some very engaging. They hear the sheep in the background that 's not really the star of the show. The
8: star of the show are your dogs. Tell me about your dogs so the dogs um, without the dogs i don 't think I would be working much with sheep yeah. um, again, the, you know people say you know are they are they pets or are they just working dogs you No, know, to me they 're part of the team they 're all under all them things under the same umbrella. Right and the five dogs we have at the moment now, they all have their jobs. Some are better at other jobs than others, and it's a bit like me. None of us are perfect, so we just sort of we fill in the blanks as best we can. And you—and you really- again, that's uh, James E. McCloy. Isn't that
0: a good Irish name? James, B. James E. McCloy. Ireland sheep, and don't forget, we're going over there, too, and those sheep dogs are absolutely unbelievable, and you watch them, and it's unbelievable how they work with a whistle or hand signals. I asked a guy one time when I was older, there, said, how much are those dogs worth? they got to be valuable. He's well, not so much over here. He said, we have good, top-notch dogs, but he said, everybody over here trains dogs to work with sheep, so there's a lot of them. Over in your country, he said, yeah, they'd be worth something, but uh, over here, everybody trains sheepdogs so they know what they're doing and boy it's fun to watch them and uh, we'll see them next summer so if you want to see something special Ireland with us on wax about next July or August check with holiday vacations we're going to check with Rocky next see what's going on at Premier Livestock
2: Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax
0: 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it is time to get some market information on this Thursday morning. Rocky joins us more at Premier Livestock in Withy. You guys still have a sheep market over there, Rocky? You do. You bet. What Every Thursday. Every Thursday. So that's today. Yeah, that's right. All yep. right. So uh, you got uh, sheep to sell or looking for some? Good place to do it. Does uh, Travis's kid still sell it? Of course, he's got to be uh, in
9: school. Occasionally. Yeah. Occ- occasionally. Yep. Right.
0: When Travis yep. lets him skip school, huh? There you go. Yep. <laughs> well, besides the, uh, the sheep market that will happen today, I know it's been busy with uh, cattle. How's the market been going this
9: week? Bob, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up. We had a very big dairy cattle auction yesterday, uh, selling right at 400 head of dairy cattle. We had three complete herd to spark versals. Uh Market was steady. Top fresh cows, 1800 to 2400. Many other cows from 13 to 1775. Holstein spring and heifers sold mostly from 13 to 1850. Those lesser quality and blemished cows and spring and heifers, 1275 and down. Uh, next week, Wednesday, dairy cattle auction got some real really great quality consignments. Just a couple groups of them here. we got 40 fresh two- and three-year-olds. They're all parlor freestyle, Really nice set there. Long-time AI bunch. Uh, Here's eight fancy registered Jersey fresh heifers. They'll be the right kind. Uh, We'll have pictures of those. More details on our website. Uh, Lots more consignments also for that sale next week Tuesday. Now that's going to be our special feeder cattle auction. Uh, We're also going to be featuring bred stock cows. Uh, That'll also be our customer appreciation day next Week on Tuesday, so could call to consign your feeder cattle for the customer appreciation sale. Uh, we look forward to seeing you folks next Tuesday. We got a full listing of consignments, market reports on our website. Uh, check that out at PremierLivestockAndAuctions.com. You can also check out our uh, Premier Livestock Facebook page. And uh, don't forget, Bob, we got our horse sale on Friday, so you can come on over for that. Uh, anybody's got any questions, give us a call to seven one five two two nine twenty five hundred. Horse sale this Friday. You betcha.
0: Oh boy! All right. What are you What are you selling?
9: Riding horses, driving horses, no, draft they're, horses. They're, they're mostly driving horses with some draft horses.
0: All so, right. So that's coming. Yep. What time are you going to start that?
9: Uh, I believe uh, they start tack at eight thirty or nine, and then horses, I believe, at ten.
0: Oh, sounds
9: yep, like. Yep. A... all all the details, the consignments are on our website as well.
0: All right. Sounds like a plan.
9: All right, sir. We'll uh, let you go. You have a good weekend.
0: You too. Thank you. All right, there goes Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area as we uh, take a look at some of the things going on in the world of the livestock markets. But uh, again, as we take a look at uh, news and weather, we'll catch up with Mike D'Andreo over at Skywarn 13 and find out about the weather for the weekend and what's all ahead. Looks pretty good to me. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, what's ahead for our weather? I don't think anything uh, too bad to disrupt outdoor activities like uh, chopping or football or anything like that, but let's find out. Mike Dandrea is over at Skywarn 13 to tell us
4: all about it. Morning, Mike. Yeah, this beautiful weather. Yes, it is. It's a nice chilly start, but oh, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to complain about the forecast today. But I don't
0: think so. It is a good one, and Looks like it's uh, before we get anything that really measures for moisture, not till early next week, huh?
4: Right, and uh, well, today we'll start off with some patchy frost, of course, some of our lower elevations, potentially another deep freeze. I think uh, for the most part, some of our uh, our growing season, at least towards our northern counties, pretty much coming to a close. But otherwise, mid-60s for our highs today and later tonight, a few chances at some sprinkles as a few clouds start to stream in. Mid-40s for our overnight lows, mostly sunny tomorrow, upper 60s for our highs. And again, a few clouds stream in tomorrow night, the potential for a couple sprinkles. But I think for some of those Friday night football games, things will be on the dry side with upper 40s for our lows. Potential for some 70s on Saturday with uh, mostly sunny conditions. And for Sunday, pretty much a repeat offender. Maybe a few more clouds streaming in into the afternoon. But Monday, mostly sunny, upper 60s yet again. Tuesday, just a few more clouds, mid-60s for our highs. And that brings a couple chances at some showers as a cold front starts to move through. Still our lows in the uh, low 50s and some upper 40s. So really not a bad uh, forecast overall. But right now, temperature of 33 degrees in Eau Claire with mostly clear conditions.
0: And for the most
4: part, no rain for high school football. For the most part, that's what it's looking like. Of course, don't want to roll it out because, well, it's Friday night. I think Mother Nature, maybe she just doesn't like high school football. I don't I don't get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we're tougher on here. We'll handle it.
4: Absolutely. Right. And the, the kids love to play in the rain. Oh. I, I know that from experience. Absolutely.
0: So. Absolutely. Thanks,
4: Mike. Absolutely. Bob, you have a good one.
0: There he goes. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 taking a look at our weather. Brought to you by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Morgan's up next. We'll find out about some of our local news.
2: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Well, let's go to the newsroom and find out what's going on. Morgan McCarthy is with us this morning. Now, your daughter, Siggy, is what, fourth, fifth, sixth grade? Sixth grade. Don't so remind me. Is she getting excited? Does she like to go to the high school football games
7: and
10: absolutely in fact she had her uh, schedule out yesterday and was <laughs> circling all the home games to let mom know that she would be there so uh, i've got a little bit of chauffeur duty ahead of me it seems
0: just chauffeur drop her off and let her have fun with her friends
10: i think i'm allowed to stay as long as i uh, hang out in the background and, and, and don't associate too closely to him every parent loves that when you stop being cool and have to just hit fork over the money for concessions right that's it that's <laughs> what parents are
0: for at this age
10: what's going on well from 715 newsroom coverage we're going to start and stay in our state good morning here's what we're learning today of course uh, florida hit in hurricane ian now with the aftermath there becoming clearer as daylight hours begin and there's a wisconsin connection generac moves to florida once hurricane ian moves on a company sent a team from the southeast part of our state down to the hurricane zone yesterday they're bringing all manner of parts and pieces for people whose generators may have been swamped or damaged by the storm the idea being to get power back for some people who got hit hardest we're going to turn our attention to the courts, and uh, the Lily Peters trial will take longer than some people anticipated. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster talks about the latest delay. The
4: teen accused of killing 10-year-old Lily Peters in Chippewa Falls does not have any court hearing scheduled until August of 2023. The teen, identified by the initials CPB to protect his identity, is accused of killing the girl in April. He's charged with first-degree intentional homicide and other counts. I'm John DeMaster. Continuing
10: in the courts in another part of our state, Daryl Brooks Jr. will represent himself at trial for the Waukesha Christmas Parade attack. That ruling coming from Judge Jennifer Darrow sounded like this. It is
6: this court's opinion in finding today that Mr. Brooks understands with reasonable accuracy and is aware of the difficulties and disadvantages of self-representation, the seriousness of the charges against him, as well as the general range of penalties.
10: Brooks faces multiple charges for the November 2021 vehicle attack, which killed six and injured dozens more, and the trial is set to begin Monday in Waukesha County Court. Well, the price tag is a high one. A new report shows Wisconsin's governor's election, that's the most expensive in the U.S. This month's campaign finance report shows Democratic Governor Tony Evers raising about $4.5 million between July 26th and August 31st. On the other side of the ticket, Republican challenger Tim Michaels, $5.4 million, five of which he contributed himself. Now, Ad Impact Politics says the two have combined spent $55 million on those campaigns. And when we look a little bit closer about the uh, c- coolest things made in Wisconsin, well, if we argue that it's Bob Bosold but there are others on the list as well. An electric fire truck, Jolly Good Soda, a massive rope shovel, they're all there as well. And that's uh, all part of what Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce unveiled this uh, week. 16 things in the contest has become pretty popular. People like to chime in and vote on their favorite things. Anything from small to huge that are made in our state have a chance to win on that list. It's the seventh year WMC has asked people to vote on the coolest things made in Wisconsin. Last year's winner was a massive floating crane built in Manitowoc. And we had it back to the barn with the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. You get my vote, Bob.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
10: <laughs> yeah, no problem. I have two votes to use, actually, one with each hand, and I'll put both <laughs> of them in there.
0: Electric fire truck. That's interesting.
10: Yeah, isn't that? I wonder if
0: Darley's making those up in Chippewa Falls.
10: Put a call in and ask yeah, him. Jolly to. good sodas on there too, though. Boy, he can oh pour boy. you one of those. Jolly
0: good soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drank a lot of it. There you go. All
10: right. See you later. You bet, Bob.
0: There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning. Heidi Benson is with us. We'll have a few more minutes with Heidi coming up. Agriculture.
2: It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Heidi Benson is with us. Heidi, of course, the Chippewa County 4-H agent. And uh, National 4-H Week is next week. And, of course, uh, 4-H has been around, so what did you say, Heidi, 1902?
6: Yep, it started in 1902. Uh, Minnesota, Ohio, and a couple other, other Midwestern states claim that they uh, had the first 4-H club. I won't uh,
0: argue with them, that's for sure. Right? But what 4-H has changed, obviously, we know that, everybody says... 4-H isn't Cows and Plows anymore. It's also not just rural. We've got programming, don't we, that for rural, for urban kids, uh, you know, some of these kids in the city are never going to be around a goat or a pig or a cow, so we do other things for them.
6: Right. Um, So, yeah, so that's, so actually 4-H started as corn and canning clubs, so not just cows and plows, it was corn and canning, Um, and so... Yeah, Bob, it it really has um, grown and evolved over the last 120 years. So truthfully, like, we look for universals, right, that every every young person, I wouldn't say every young person, but, like, universals, right? We know that a lot of kids love STEM, uh, so science, technology, engineering, and math. So whether it be food science um, to chemistry to engineering to robotics to coding, right, um, so we're looking forward to partnering with the Eau Claire Sports Warehouse and Jody Tessing-Ritter, who also works at UW-Eau Claire, uh, for an upcoming STEAM day camp on Sunday, October 30th. And that's open to anyone in grades 3 through 6. Registration is in for h online for that. And that's
0: for, you know, Jody's in Eau Claire, you're in Chippewa, so yep. obviously your surrounding counties are invited too, not just Eau Claire and Chippewa.
6: Correct. Um, Dunn County, Clark County. So teamwork really makes the dream work, Bob. Um, The more we can do together, the more that's offered for young people, right? Because this is really something we do um, not only for them, but with them, right? We want the youth voice and the youth engagement. And so oftentimes we uh, look to youth to help guide some of our decision-making. So uh, getting their feedback on what they would like to see and what they would like highlighted in that day is really important.
0: And uh, what about adult leaders? How are we doing? We always use more, I would imagine.
6: Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, volunteers are great. Um, we They are really the heart of 4-H and allow the 4-H reach to be so much greater. So volunteering in 4-H can be a, a short-term commitment or it can be a long-term commitment. We're always looking for people to lend their time and talent to teach our 4-Hers. Um, and really, 4-H is about that education and learning. So uh, those community partnerships are really important. And, again... Um, you know, we have some very, very valuable resources right here in the Chippewa Valley. So whether it's, um, you know, somebody, someone in Banbury Place teaching clay or the glass orchard we've partnered with in the past as well to offer um, some glass opportunities. So learning about glass and how we work with glass as an art form is, um, really provides a lot of diversity and opportunities for the youth in our program.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people have, uh, you know, garage hobbies or something like that but uh and they're skilled at what they do and boy it'd be wonderful if they'd volunteer to uh more of those that volunteer and, and share their skills you know you talk to some people and say well is that skill is dying with that generation and that generation steps forward and teaches the young people it doesn't have to go
6: away right so, um i i had a 4 year stop in probably maybe like two weeks ago um the holman family stopped in my office and They've been participating in wood carving um, at the Eau Claire Library and the Chippewa Falls Library. There's a Chippewa Valley wood carving group, mm-hmm. um, and so the kids, those the Holman kids, just love it. Um, and I, I would imagine,
0: other kids love it too because once they get into that stuff, they they discover how talented they really can be. So National 4-H Week coming up next week and if uh, you know parents are out there listening, say boy i'd like to get my kid but we don't have a club around us just contact the county extension office and they'll get you squared away right
6: right um or also social media we know oh, that sure. yep a lot of us have social media in these days um and so again following us on facebook chippewa O'Claire dunn county 4-h or clark or jackson tremolo wherever you're listening in this morning
0: oh great um, great stuff hey Heidi, thanks for coming in and uh, Keeping us aware of what's going on in 4-H. Heidi Benson and Heidi, of course, are Chippewa County 4-H agent. we got markets to get to. It's quarter to six at WAC. The
2: first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: It's 14 minutes before 6 o'clock. 33 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Amber and Baron Equity.
6: Fed Cattle high yielding choice Holstein steers sold from $1.28 to $1.35. Choice Holstein Steers sold from $1.19 to $1.28. Unfinished steers and heifers sold from $1.18 and down. Call Cows, the top 20% sold from 78 to 88, topping out at 92. 60% sold from 67 to 77, and the bottom 20% sold from 66 and down. Cowboys sold from $65 to $1. six. Calves quality hosting bull calves sold from 50 to ninety two fifty. Quality hosting heifer calves sold from 60 and down. Light and poor quality calves sold from 50 and down. We are having a horse and tack sale this Saturday, October 1st at 10 a.m. Our next sheep, goat, small animal, and beef sale is Saturday, October 15th at 10 a.m. If you have any questions, please contact Al at 608-477-5825. Thank you and have a good day.
2: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: Let's roll on down to Sparta and hear from
11: market manager Hut Eamon. fed cattle selling steady today with the high yielding choice beef, cheers and heifers, 148 to 157 with a top of 158. The choice and select beef steers and heifers, 137 to 147. The dairy cross steers, 131 to 145. The Highland choice Holstein steers, 128 to 136. The choice and select Holstein steers, 117 to 127. With the unfinished steers, heifers and heavy steers, 116 and down. Cow market steady with the high yielding cows, 80 to 90 with a top of 98.50. The cutters and utilities, 64 to 79 with the low yielding and canner cows, 63 and down bull market lower with most bulls bringing 80 to 90 with the thin full and bulls over a ton discount at 79 and down. calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing from 80 to 150. The quality Holstein heifer calves 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves $2 $2 to 350 with a light and poor quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder our next sale will be Monday, October 3rd starting at 12:30 with sheep and goats followed by hogs, calves, fed cattle bulls and cows. This is Hot Aim to Equilivic in Sparta with this marketing update and we thank you for your business.
2: For those who work in acres not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Ten minutes to six at Wax. Let's get to more markets at the sale barns over to the Equity Stratford Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. How are we doing?
5: Bob, and a good morning to you. We're doing very good. And the thing of it is, uh, yesterday was about the best fall day that you could ever ask for, really. you know. Oh,
0: we've had some gorgeous weather here the last two or three weeks lots of things going on and we should again say that a lot of choppers are going on guys are doing a lot of other work and guys and gals do a lot of other work so do it safely if you're out driving around don't mess with this equipment let them get off the roads they don't want to be on the road any longer than they have to so cut them a little slack allow a little extra time safety first with that Absolutely. why don't we let you get going with the market report how we doing it's thursday already
5: Yes, it is, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, here at Equity Stratford. And we will start out with the feeder cattle auction yesterday. Uh, weight beef steers selling from uh, 140 to 170. Heavier beef steers mostly from 120 to 165. weight beef heifers uh, selling from 140 to 165. Heavier beef heifers, uh, 110 to 145. Holstein feeder line yesterday, lightweight Holstein feeder steers, 108 to 135. Have your holstein feeders uh from ninety-eight to $1.30. Now we move into the uh, market auction yesterday, uh cow Cow market yesterday, high yielding fleshy TMR fed holstein cows, and your high-yielding beef cows yesterday selling from seventy-eight to ninety. Uh, most of the cows in yesterday's auction selling between sixty and seventy-seven, and your thinner cows below sixty. On the fat cattle trade yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers mostly from one seventeen to one twenty seven. Select under finished cattle one fifteen and below. On the uh, calf market, good quality ninety two hundred and thirty pound Holstein bull calves uh, they were selling from seventy five to one sixty. Uh, heifer calves yesterday fifty five and below, good quality beef calves uh, mostly from one seventy five up to three fifty. And he also on the market bulls yesterday, before we forget those. Better quality bowls yesterday selling from ninety four to a dollar eleven. And as Bob said, we are a Thursday here with Equity Stratford. The sale starts this morning at eleven o'clock uh market auction today, including market cows, cow cows, uh, fed cattle, market bulls, baby calves. We'll get to those about 1230 this afternoon. And just keep in mind, uh, as we look ahead into October, uh, our next uh, hay sale at Stratford Hill will be next Tuesday. Next dairy sale, also next Tuesday. And on next Wednesday will be that special bred beef cow sale. Also, we'll be selling beef breeding bulls. And again, that will be next Wednesday, October 5th. Bob, we'll turn that back to you. And uh, nice day. So uh, you uh, still have not put the convertible away for the winter, have you? Uh, no,
0: not even close. We're gonna get her out and take a little ride around. Probably, maybe today, tomorrow of the weekend. Still convertible weather. That's uh, that's not gone away yet.
5: Hey, you have a All good one. Right. We'll talk to you later, Bob. Uh, you also have a good day, and I thank you.
0: There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5
2: and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And let's take a look at the rest of our markets courtesy of Synergy Cooperative in the Ridgeland area. Board of Trade slightly higher yesterday as outside markets relaxed a little bit as far as things like interest rates. Also, the strength of the dollar a little less yesterday and overnight December corn was up another penny at six seventy one. Oats up four at three eighty two. December wheat down four cents, back under nine dollars at eight ninety nine. November beans up a fraction of fourteen oh nine and December meal up forty cents a ton, four hundred twelve dollars and thirty cents. Country elevator prices.
1: Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville location. Corn's at six eleven with soybeans at 1339. Doomer Grain of Holman, corns at 611 with soybeans at 1342.
0: On the DTN screen, Golden Plump corn today is 617 a bushel. Baldwin, 612 with the beans, 1329. At Duran, corn is 602 with the beans, 1319. At Mondovi, 607 on the corn, 1329 on the beans. Elmwood, 612 and 1334. Fall Creek, corn's down to 597, the beans down to 1304. Osseo, corn is 617, beans 1334. Out at Elk Mound, corn is 612, beans 1327. Sparta, 665 and 1330. Ellsworth, 592 and 1304. At the ethanol plants, corn at Boycefield and in the Richmond Grain Facility, both 619 today at Stanley, 621. Barrel cheese up three yesterday at two twenty a pound. Blocks fell a cent in three quarters sitting at $1.99. Butter up another penny, 3 and a half. September class three up one, 1989. October up uh, 56 at twenty one eighty five. November up 42 at 2092 December up 45 at 2074 And January up 27 at 2050 as prices of uh, class three milk up through next August. And once again, another nice day. Partly sunny, low to mid-60s. We're about 33 right now. Again, if you're out and about, especially on choppers and tractors, whatever, be careful. Safety
2: first.